Yo, it's Alex Terranova, and welcome to Flip the Lens, where Brie Holland, London Papa Michael, and myself smash down the walls of perfection, performance, and looking good to dive face first into deeply vulnerable and personal conversations where we expose and explore what it means to be authentic and how to succeed in a world desperate for a facade. I just wish males could experience pregnancy like once or just the symptoms for a month of like life doesn't stop. And I'm like, it doesn't stop. And my body's like, please stop everything. (laughs) I don't need to. I believe you. I do do not need any proof besides the stories. Compassion and treating everybody. (laughs) This is the, this, this, this is the episode. Let's not cut this part out. Adam, leave this in. (laughs) So speaking of compassion and, and where we all came from, <laughs> um, thanks for joining us, guys. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, so we are dealing with a lot over here. I feel like I am eight weeks pregnant today and hopping on with you guys, I had every excuse to be like, they should just let me slide and not get on. And <laughs> But I'm really excited to talk about kind of where we came from. We have something in common. Um, and that is service industry and seems kind of weird intertwining motherhood, pregnancy. But I think that where we all came from is super similar in the fact that we all had to serve. Um, we all had to like play that role of getting treated certain ways and overcoming obstacles in the service industry. And it's kind of all led us down different paths, but kind of in entrepreneurship and how we treat people and, Um, so I'm really grateful for you guys. And for this, I think that it's making a huge difference to people of all walks of life and all stages of life. I'm sure we've got servers listening and, um, just all walks of life. So I'm curious to hear, maybe we start with kind of like how long we were in service industry and maybe a takeaway that we've had from it. Sure. Man. I think back upon the service industry in so many interesting ways, because I know I wouldn't be where I was. I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing now without it, for sure. So I'm, I'm very grateful for the time. And I know I spent a way too much time there not actually enjoying, like I lost years of my life that I wasn't happy. And I still to this day think a good bartending job is the best job in the world. And if it had health, if you got healthcare and you got retirement and you could actually do it, you know, at 40, 50, 60 years old, like comfortably, because I think it is a physical job. It takes its toll on your body. Um, I think it's the best job in the world. And sometimes I miss actually bartending. I love, like for me, I'm not a big, like I don't want to go out often, like to bars, restaurants. Like I, I'm more, I kind of, this is how I get my social interaction through my business and whatnot. And I remember bartending was a great way to be out without, while working at the same time. It was like two birds with one stone. Um, And so I miss that sometimes. But I think when I think back to like, what did I learn and how did it really help me? Well, first, I think it really taught me how to deal with all different kinds of people. Because whether it was like bars or restaurants, like I didn't get to choose who came in. So rich people came in, poor people came in, black, white, Mexican, Middle Eastern, you know, Asian, like every, every race of the different socioeconomic classes all came in. And um, I had to actually be able to you know, work with all of them, whether they were my colleagues or they were client, uh, like customers. So I think that was really good. I think for a lot of us, 
the 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 place we grow up in can be um, the people are just like us, right? The communities we grow up in are often are people are like us, the families we associate. And so for that, I got to experience a lot of people that weren't quote unquote like me and learn about them. And I think that translates now to I work with people the same way. I have to actually bring understanding, compassion, curiosity to people to understand them. And I think it trained me to work with people in a way. I also think that it, you know, it gave me, it showed me what I didn't want to do in a way. Like, hey, I didn't want to do this. I spent so much time doing this thing that I didn't want to do that then I had to learn to do other things. And it actually, through the pain of being in a place I didn't want to be, forced me to go find something else. And I'm actually really grateful for that because there are so many people, think about all the people you know that are doing jobs they hate, they can't stand, they don't like their boss, they don't like the conditions, and yet they don't do anything else. They just stay there. And that for a lot, often breaks my heart for a lot of people. Yeah, my experience is very similar to yours, Alex. I'd say service industry over 15 years. It was my first job in college. So I, my first job ever was uh, printing T-shirts at a Beachworth store. And then <laughs> it was like, what can you do while you're in college and make more money and work year-round? Because the Beachworth store was only a summertime seasonal thing. And I went into a place to where my dad was well-known because my godfather owned it. And they only hired people that had experience. So I was the new guy coming in with no experience. And almost some people had a didn't like the fact that, oh, the godson's coming in like lucky kid. You get to work here and like you don't even know how to wait tables. But luckily, you know, I was uh, everyone ended up liking me for the most part. It taught me so much of how to deal with people in a high stress environment and also self-discipline. So if you're working six days straight and you know you're going to make 150 bucks every night, it's real easy to spend 150 bucks at the bar afterwards because you know you're going to make money and it's going to be handed to you at the end of the night. So that's a blessing and a curse as well. But the memories I have of, you know, the friendships I've made and then the bonds that I have till this day, you know, I'm very grateful. And I have some of my best friends are from the restaurant industry. And I have a love for the restaurant business because it reminds me of home. And there's something so special about bringing people together in a good environment and breaking bread. Because that's something we all have in common. That's something we all do, whether you speak the same language, whatever your religion is, that's something that we all can relate to. And that's why I always loved Anthony Bourdain's show because, you know, he couldn't even talk to the people, but they understood like, cheers, this food's awesome. Thank you for cooking for me. So that's one of the reasons why I got into the restaurant business afterwards of being a bar manager and then opening up my own place in Florida, which turned out to be a disaster, was to be able to provide that for people, you know, and think about all the things that I like and don't like of the restaurants that I went to and be able to have my own version of that. Um, but ultimately, it's a way for you to see if you can control how people treat you and how you're going to respond. Because it is amazing how people will treat you because you're just a waiter or you're just a server because they had a bad day or they look down on you. They don't think you're any good because they're this so-called successful person in the end, or they're rude to you because of their chicken fingers and it's not even your fault. It was the kitchen's fault. How do you respond to that? And then also there are times for you to stand up for yourself because that person was just being an asshole. And that's why I loved about where I worked is they always had our back, the owners and the managers. And I was a better salesperson in corporate America for it. And I'm just better with people as a coach as in speaking, because I talk people from all walks of life through all different things of different pressures, environments of however things were going and how busy we were. And uh, I think it should be a college credit. 
I think it's something that kids should go to school for. It should be a class and you get paid because it teaches you high stress environment, teaches you about money, how to work with people from all walks of life and to, you know, ultimately uh, wait tables, serve people from all walks of life. So if you haven't waited tables before, you need a side hustle. When the things come back around, it'd you'd be amazing what kind of money you can make and what it will teach you. So something that I have learned through service in particular is that my mood walking into work can directly impact my life, not just in bills, because obviously if you have a scowl on your face, people ain't going to tip you. Um, but just like everyone is going to have their point of view when they come in and what they expect. And you could be the most smiley, personable, happy, outgoing, like perfection of service and still get zero because I think everyone just has this mindset of what's expected or they've never been in any type of service. So they just don't understand what like that actually means to somebody on the other side. So I, my first serving job was Village Inn which like smoking was still allowed in restaurants and 3 a.m. serving drunks pancakes. So that to like a high-end restaurant where, you know, you had to have the tie and the apron and the, all of that and you had to know the menu in and out. And if one thing is wrong, these people are expected like to not tip because it's your fault. So I've got on all spectrums and I definitely feel like being 30 years old, I refer back to experiences I've had um, Alex, like you said, like bartending, I loved it because I got to be out. There's a part of me that's an extrovert and loves talking to people. And I've learned to communicate with so many different types of people. Uh, but I didn't spend my money on alcohol. I'm like, I will let them spend all the money, spend their paycheck, tip me. I can, you know, still be out and about, but I was always the person I've always been like a digger of more for my life. So maybe I didn't even realize my potential at the time. I was kind of like, I didn't go to school. So this is my, my step of being in service industry. But I definitely learned like, I can get what I want because I'm willing to pick up shifts. I'm willing to let Karen go home because she doesn't want to be here because it's slow and I'm still going to get paid. And the one guy that comes in the bar that wants to have a conversation is going to leave me 50 bucks and it's going to be worth it. So I think just sticking it out too, like just knowing that the last man standing wins and it doesn't really matter how you feel going into it. If you can just learn to perceive where they're coming from as they sit down at a table, you can really just like learn to pick up on cues, learn how to, I think London said, like communicate with people in general. Um, so yeah, I think it's taught me a lot for what I do now. I, I like what you, what did you just, you just said something and I, I had it and I lost it. Um, oh man. Um, sorry. Gosh. I like, so you, you said something about that. My pregnancy brain is rubbing off on you. Right. No, but well, you guys, I'm, I have, now I have a, a puppy, I guess I have puppy, puppy dog, brain. Puppy dog brain. Um, uh, well, this is real, right? This is what we do. We like have thoughts that we want to share and then we like go blank on them. I remember being in the restaurant industry and having to 
choose who I was going to be about situations and then, and noticing because of who other people were going to be. And I think that's actually, I didn't, I don't think I consciously realized how powerful that was at the time. But so now in life, every situation, like life is going to, I like to say life throws shit at us. Like that's just what it does. It throws great things at us too, but it also is like a monkey just throwing poop at us. And every time you get hit with it, you get to decide who you're going to be right now. It's throwing you know, pandemic and quarantine and sickness and job loss and all these things. And ultimately, no matter what it throws, we get a choice. That's the, the one thing about being an adult is you always have a choice. You might not like the choices you have, but you have choices. And I, I vividly remember being, you know, in my teenage years, my 20s, and seeing like the waiter or the waitress who was grumpy, who was pissed off, who was like, you guys remember that movie Waiting? And like they, they kind of had the stereotypes of all the different people. And their experience of their job was a reflection of their attitude because we worked in the same restaurant. Nobody was like choosing what tables or bar, you know, bar seats or whatever, but yet they always got the worst tips. They always got the worst customers. Their food always had problems. And then there were the people kind of as Brie, you described who were like, I'm going to pick up extra shifts. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to cover for people. I'm going to, I'm going to make the choice to make the most out of the situation. And it seems like it didn't mean that we didn't also get bad tips or, but I remember choosing actively to try to be that person. doesn't mean I didn't complain behind the scenes, but I actively was like, Hey, I'm here to make money. So what do I have to do to make money? Well, that means take better care of people. That means put down my bullshit, put down my complaints and do what needs to get done. So people feel heard, seen, appreciated. Cause I think in, in that world, that's all people want. It's, it's called hospitality for a reason. If you don't feel seen, if you don't feel heard, then you get annoyed. I remember opening restaurants and saying to the staff that I was training and leading, I don't care if we fuck up. Fucking up is actually the best opportunity to get a, get a loyal customer. Because if things are just fine, then people are like, oh, that was good, whatever. You don't care about fine restaurants. You want great experiences. But when things were fucked up and then we made them extra right, and we made that people felt, feel like they, their complaint was heard and seen and that they were acknowledged as an important person and their, and that their experience mattered. We had them for life. They became our best customer. And it was like out of, it was kind of like out of the bad situation, we created the best situation. And I mean, I think we could attribute that to the situation we're in right now in the world is like, this is a shitty situation. So who are you going to be about it? And how do you create the paradise on the other side of the hell that we might currently be in. Yeah, I think probably 90% of my years of uh, waiting tables, if, you, if I was ever like, honestly, told the customer it was my fault, they were like, oh, wow, the fact that you admitted that you messed up, like I hit the wrong button, I had your dinner on hold because I was trying to time it out properly, but I never sent it to the kitchen anything like that. And they're like, the fact that you admitted that you made the mistake, it's all good, you know? And then it's like some people, you had to offer them something. Hey, can I get you a shrimp cocktail or another round of drinks on me while you wait and whatnot? And 90% of the time they were cool and appreciated the fact that you, you know, were honest about the situation. And I think that relates to anything in life and then in businesses, owning your actions and, you know, running a business. If you make a mistake or, you didn't live up to what you were supposed to, then being honest about it, explaining that to whoever you're with, your partner, your friend, your um, client, and owning up to that. And people appreciate the honesty, you know? And in a restaurant, you can't hide. You know, 
like bartender, you really can't hide. You are on center stage. They are right there in front of you, no matter what. Waiting tables, you can kind of go around the corner and sneak in the kitchen for a hot second, but you eventually got to pop around the corner and get back to your uh, table. But I remember, you know, it's one of the ultimate jobs of you need to check yourself at the door, right? Because you're working with a bunch of people, so they're feeling your energy, and then ultimately your customer's feeling your energy. So if you can't turn on the charm, even if you're having a bad day, it can make for a long night and a long week waiting tables because the staff's kind of like, ah, oh, fuck, man, this guy's in a bad mood all the time. Or, you know, uh, customers are like, man, this guy's not very hospitable. You know, it's like, let's take their order. Okay, whatever, not much life to them. And people want that out of you. Some customers don't, but a lot of them at least want you to smile and say hello and have a little bit of energy, you know? Um, but I remember. Uh, my, my godfather pulled me aside when my, I was going through a lot of personal stuff with my mom passing away. And um, he kind of politely said, Hey man, you know, just, you know, I love you, dude. And you're awesome. And you got unlimited potential, but you know, when you're having a bad day, the whole restaurant can feel it. You wear, you know, you feel it on your sleeve where your heart on your sleeve, you know, you can feel those emotions, you know, and I'm not saying you don't have a good reason for it, but I just think you're better than that you know, and I'm not knocking you. You have every reason to be angry, but if you could just find a way for your own sake, it would help everyone else around you as well. And then ultimately it'd probably be better for the people that you're taking care of at your tables as well. And I always try to be conscious of that. You know, I'm not perfect, but I'm obviously a lot better about it than I was. And then moving forward in life, if I'm struggling with something and the Uber driver wants to talk and I'm like, fuck, man, I just don't want to talk to you. Hey man, I'm doing well. Thanks so much. How are you? Okay, cool. It's like, all right, I'm going to put my music on. I got to listen to something and at least diffuse the situation in a polite way versus being like, yep, fine. You know what I'm saying? And I've been guilty of either way, but I'm trying to find, you know, do it in a more positive way. Cause ultimately I've been that person behind the bar as a bartender. It's like, man, this guy's a fucking dick. And it's like, well, man, maybe his wife left him. Maybe he lost a huge account and he just wants to sit there and just say, Hey man, another bourbon, you know? And you got to remember that you don't know what somebody else is going through, you know? And in the end, just can control what you can control. And just cause they're a dick doesn't mean you need to be a dick back. I wish I got that on video. <laughs> if y'all could just see the reaction. <laughs> I love what you said about like, we can impact so many people. And I think that goes like so much deeper than service industry that if you look in the mirror and go, maybe I'm struggling, but everybody has shit that they're struggling with, right? Like nobody's life, I would guarantee like nobody's life is without some type of hardship struggle scenario, whether it's day to day, week to week, whether it's their relationship, their job. And we as human beings, it's crazy how our energy and our reaction to things going on in our life towards other people can so greatly impact everybody around us. You know, I might say, well, I'm having a bad day, whatever. Like you can still have a good day. But if I got on this podcast and you guys were like, oh, coronavirus, my life sucks. Like we wouldn't be able to have this discussion with the same impact because we're so focused on why everything's horrible and all I want to do is go to Starbucks and like all these things. I think what we focus on and when we put intention behind the words we use, like people are like, I'm trying. I walked up to the table and I gave them the menus. I'm like, Karen, you slapped the menus down. You didn't offer water. Like just because you showed up 
doesn't mean you delivered. (laughs) So I think that's in all situations. When you show up to a situation where other people are involved, how are you letting your energy of things in your life impact other people in such a negative way or in such a positive way? I don't have to put my bullshit that I'm dealing with. You know, Lyndon, you've got so much that you're dealing with. But you don't bring that to the table every day and go, guys, well, my scenario is so much worse and you don't understand. Like you come and bring the positivity as well. So um, maybe you want to weigh in on that. I just, I do want to say real quick, you know, I had something I've struggled with, you know, a while ago, recently, sometimes. You don't feel like you uh, are good enough because you're not doing what you want to do yet. Sometimes you have to do those things to get to where you need to get to, like have a job that pays your bills so you can help you chase those dreams as well to ultimately your passions, hopefully can fuel and pay for that life that you want, right? Whatever life you kind of want. And then you're like, man, you know, they're looking down on me because I still bartend or I wait tables. Like what's wrong? Nothing's wrong with you. You're doing what you got to do. And if people don't support you because you're fucking working to make money, to live your life and pay your bills, they they don't like you for that because you wait, take, you're a bartender or you're a server, then you might want to check who you surround yourself with. But check yourself as well if you're the one that's still doing those jobs but you're always bitching about it and you're always miserable. So two sides to the coin, but like flip it to where, like be sure who you're hanging out with and they're not knocking you for that kind of stuff, but ultimately are they knocking you because you haven't got out of there because it's your fault. If you're just stuck there and you're miserable and you're just always complaining about it, that's different. But if you're just working hard and you haven't got to where you want to get to yet or you're in school as well and you're doing what you got to do and people knock you because you don't have a brand new Porsche yet and you don't have, you're not a lawyer yet, then that's on them and you might want to find some new friends. I want to, I want to like lean in and, and add on to things you both said right now. So Bree, you really specifically hit on the idea of who we're being versus what we're doing. And that, I mean, in the world that I play in as a coach, like as a coach now, business, life, performance coach, this is what I think separates the kind of coach that I am and the coaches that were trained like alongside me versus other coaches. There's a lot of coaches in the world who are like, oh, what do you want? Here's a list. This is how we're gonna get you there. Now, in some ways that's really important. Like with London, when London's coaching somebody on fitness, Having that like, hey, let's do this workout, this diet, that's like spot on. You don't want to just look at them and be like, what do you think we should do? Well, they wouldn't be hiring you if that was the thing. For, for certain areas, being really specific and giving them the plan is the, the way to go. I believe as a coach, it's not my responsibility to tell someone else how to live their life. Like who am I to tell anyone? Everybody has, is, is running their own race. And so I think it's actually way less effective coaches out in the world they're doing business or life coaching that are giving people that do this, do this, do this, check this box, check this box. Because what they're missing is the default way they show up. So you could give that girl, we were talking about the hospitality industry, right? That Karen, I love that you said Karen. We can give Karen the 10 point things of what you need to do to be a great, great waitress. But if her being sucks and she's a jerk, if she's not listening, if she's not compassionate, if she's not patient, if she's not aware, if she's not focused, then it doesn't matter if she hits all the boxes, she's gonna suck and the experience is gonna suck. And we could say that you were talking about London as, as how he shows up here. And I think all of us, you know, if Bree, if you woke up in the morning and Aaron was with your kids in the kitchen, and when you walked in the kitchen, they were like, 
good morning, mom. And he was like, hi, honey. And you were like, ugh. And your being was one of like disdain. Bri, I think you're trying to talk and you, we can't hear you. I don't know why. I said, do you have a camera in my uh, house? That's <laughs> <laughs> <Not> most mornings. <laughs> um, but, and like, it doesn't, you walked into the kitchen. That's the action. But the being of like disdain and like, oh, it's the morning. I don't want to deal with you is actually more impactful than the, the action. And I think we, we've fallen into a world where we call ourselves human, human beings, but we're actually human doings. We relate everything we do to what we're doing, not how we're showing up and how we're being. So, and then the thing um, that I wanted, you know what, I'll leave it because we're at, we're at time. Um, but I wanted to leave that there because I think that's big. If you change the, who you're being in life, you can change the whole world and, and the world that you live in and impact the world that you're in. And just doing things different doesn't do that. It just gives you more things to do. Anything else you guys want to say while as we wrap this one up? I really enjoyed this episode, but you know, seriously, don't let people knock you because you're, you're doing what you got to do to provide for yourself and your family. Like do not like I've, I've fallen into that for a long time. And you know, if they don't like you because you are fucking waiting tables and fuck them and please like subscribe guys, you gotta, we love the support, love the comments, but please like when you check out these episodes, give us, you know, Give us a quick, you know, a couple words of what you thought of the episode, some feedback, and then drop in the DM, please. We want some ideas of anything you have in mind of what you want us to talk about. Let us know what you think. We're too loud. You like what we're saying. You don't. That's how we get better. That's how we put out great content. But uh, all seriousness, thank you so much for the love we've had so far. It's been awesome. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks, London. Bree. Bye. Thanks, son. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. It's not easy to create these episodes, but we know it's important. We need more real, open, and honest conversations because we know that whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, you're not alone. A life pretending isn't worth living. So please share this podcast with a friend and thanks for listening.